Hey there, and welcome to Silhouette Zero Season 2 Mailbag Episode. I am your host, but not your GM, Chris Ng. There we go. And I'm not the player, <laughs> but I'm drinking their brother Matt. Oh boy, we're really kicking back on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I haven't drunk on while recording since the first season. <laughs> Where oh, I started, where, that's when I could audibly tell that I was drinking. <laughs> we have children. Children don't drink. It's bad. Well, I mean, unless you're legal age and you make the decision to drink, that's your own decision. Children drink in a culturally appropriate manner to the area in which you live in. And drink there responsibly. Go. There you go. Okay, so we've uh, just finished up the end of season two, and so we're doing our traditional mailbag episode. Uh, we've got a ton of questions. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about other stuff, but I do have two things I want to kind of talk about before we jump into it. Firstly, uh, what was your just overall impressions of season two? Good. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> um, so I I had uh, trouble with season two a little bit. And so I, I think I'm going to ask the question that nobody else asked because there it was would have been rude. Is the question, is, why do you suck so bad? <laughs> the question being, why the heck did season two take so long and only has half as many episodes um, as season one? So part of it, obviously, is um, one or well, there's three things. One, this is not my day job, nor do I aspire it to be my day job. So there's only a certain amount of time I can put into it. This is my day um, job. I've been sitting here on the clock doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your day job. Um, <laughs> two, uh, there's just a lot going on the last. So it took us about two years to do um, season two, all said and done. Um, and they were interesting two years for me. Uh, especially the last six months or so, my work got really, really crazy. And then I went and got a new job and all sorts of things. So, um, and then I had a baby six months ago and that always really eats into that recording and editing time. To be fair um, though, you only got a new job to copy me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You started getting a new job before I started yeah. getting a new job. And then suddenly Matt can't have any attention. If Matt's <laughs> going to get a new job, I'm going to get a new job. And it's going to be a bigger, fancier job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but other than that, oh, there was also kind of um, an aspect of it that I wasn't really happy with some of what I wrote. Um, I think some of the scenarios were not, to me, as interesting as I wanted them to be. Although I think they came out really good. Um, because because of me yeah because playing the scenarios <laughs> always come out better than writing the scenarios um that makes sense but you know even as we kind of got toward the end of season two i was just kind of getting tired of this crew and these characters and and the uh arc the, they were on and the player the brother matt no i'm not not tired of you oh okay uh but you know tired of jinko you know it, it starts to feel a little stale sometimes you know tazi's freaking out about something jinko is trying to swindle somebody um it gets a little repetitive um so you know it, it was kind of a and then i made a couple of critical mistakes in terms of uh how to deal with interludes um really when you make interlude episodes they should be easier to produce not harder <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I did those uh, audio drama things which were fun but I thought they were going to be easier and they were actually harder to produce than a normal episode and so that was kind of a mistake on my end that's but, because the sounds were made with your mouth <laughs> yeah well you know uh, it's all about learning here on this podcast I just try stuff what? and then we see what happens this show is not about learning it, wait it is oh no well, the production end of it is just I just try things and then I see what works and doesn't work. And I learned a lot of things that didn't work. Um, I think and this became uh, a, a sort of semi viral tweet I did, which uh, was that I don't think actual play podcast should operate on a week to week basis like a lot of uh, nonfiction talk podcasts do. I think that's an unfair standard to hold us to. I think they should operate more like how audio dramas operate, which is you start a season, you run a season, and then you take a break to make more, and then you 
do the next season. Well, I mean, that makes sense because when you're just doing like a talk show, you don't have to do a lot of prep work. You pick a subject, yeah. maybe some questions, and you guys talk about it for an hour. And there was no very little post-production right. work, too. Um, but I do feel like there is a sentiment amongst podcasters that if you want to grow, you got to update every single week, which is still true. But you usually need like a team for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And per the agreement that we made. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. The, the famous Silhouette Zero founders agreement. <laughs> I, Matthew Ng, shall do no work. <laughs> No, I said I will only participate in this as long as I don't have to do anything. <laughs> right. Uh, and I don't, I don't begrudge any aspect of that. I just, I think um, if you are one of the listeners that has been frustrated with the slow release pacing and the erratic er- release pacing, I just wanted to give you a little bit behind the scenes. I don't really apologize for it. Nothing I could have really done any differently, but um, that's why. So there you go. Um, so let's jump right into it. So first question comes from, well, first two questions come from Jeremy, who is actually the winner of our Dice Dungeons uh, giveaway. So Ooh. Jeremy, write me back and uh, with your address and I will send you out those cool dice that we got from DiceDungeons.com. And uh, thank you again to DiceDungeons.com for sponsoring that giveaway for us. Preferably a direct message. Um, don't just tweet your address and at us. Because oh, then, and, this, and this was from an email, so just email me back. Oh, well, there um, you go then. So first question, uh, you guys do a really good job of making it feel like Star Wars. How do you develop that Star Wars feeling? And what are the most important parts of doing that? Um, I think a lot of it just stems from the fact that we both really like Star Wars. And not just like I enjoy Star Wars, but it's like I know what a Gand is. I know that their planet is also Gand. You know, that level of, you know, we, we've consumed so much different types of media for Star Wars, too, that it's just kind of ingrained in us at this point. Um, But the basic thing that makes it feel like Star Wars is, in my opinion, it's always that you, you have to have the characters feel not scummy is not the right word, but probably more scoundrelly. Like, you're never going to have a good Star Wars movie feel if your heroes are coming from the top. Um, So like Star Wars is always about punching up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have the rebels fighting the Mm -hmm. giant empire. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, even when you do like the, the like solo, you know, you're, you're just down and out guy trying to, trying to make it through. Um, It's all. and, And that's why I feel like the prequels were felt a little weird at first was because you weren't, they weren't from the bottom. It's more like they were falling, which was kind of like a backwards feel. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I agree pretty much with everything you say. Um, if you really want to get hyper nerdy about it, there's an interesting YouTube video called everything is a remix, uh, which very deeply disassembles, um, all of Lucas's influential elements. Mm. In terms of how he concocted Star Wars. I mean, most people that are, you know, a tier two or tier three Star Wars nerd know that Lucas borrowed a lot from Kurosawa. Right. uh, And the samurai films. And obviously, Westerns borrowed a lot from Kurosawa. uh, Spaghetti Westerns in particular. Did you know what the difference between a spaghetti Western and a Hollywood Western was? Because I just learned this. Type of pasta. (laughs) Spaghetti Westerns were made by Italian directors. I mean, I kind of assumed that <laughs> I did. I did not. I did not know where that that term came from. I was just shrugged and went, that's weird. Um, the difference is that they wear spaghetti as their bolo ties. <laughs> uh, spaghetti Westerns typically are grittier and more realistic than Hollywood Westerns. Hollywood Westerns, everybody looks good. And the, the good guy wears a white hat and all that good stuff. Um, and spaghetti Westerns like uh, good and bad and the ugly. Everybody's kind of dirty and grimy and, you know, things aren't as clear cut, which I think is what you're talking about. That scoundrelly aspect, <clears throat> especially with like Han Solo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. I think um, I mean, but also it was it wasn't just like the Han Solo aspect, but it's more like 
there wasn't anywhere that was safe. Yeah. You know, like nowhere did they go. Oh, good. We're safe. And then when they did, it was Death Star will be in firing range in 10 minutes or, you know, you know the, the, the base is under attack. The base is under attack. You know, there's ah, walkers walking. You, know, you never felt safe as like the hero in those. Right. And I think that's sort of interesting because now that you point it out in that way, um, you know, a lot of Star Wars media gets criticized for sort of repeating itself all the time. Um, especially extending universe novel stuff where it's like, okay, it's sort of the same vibe, but it's slightly different characters, slightly different situations. But anytime someone tries to go in a completely different direction in Star Wars media, it doesn't ever feel like it works. Yeah. Um, and I think what people don't remember, um, and another interesting thing to watch would be, it's a documentary from the 90s called Empire of Dreams. It was part of uh, the Star Wars Special Edition DVD set, but it's now available for free on YouTube. It's about 20, 30 minutes long. Um, and it was talking about Star Wars's original development in terms of history because it was leading up to the development of the prequels. And um, they intentionally told Lucas, like, hey, don't get too in-depth with the Force. Like, keep it easy breezy um, because the more rules you put on, the more complicated it gets and people are interested. It's just supposed to be kind of symbolic. And, uh, you know, as time has gone on, people have moved away from that. They're experimenting with that. They're experimenting with, oh, what if the stormtrooper was a good guy? And, you know, it gets yeah, into territories that Star Wars was never designed to handle. It's not Star Trek. Star Trek was designed to handle these big social issues. I mean, um, it was always designed like that, you know, from, you know, right. pretty much the beginning. Its conception is to, is to handle social issues. Star Wars is not. And so I think we don't tend to muck around in that too often it's all high action adventure um and when there is sort of emotion it tends to be personal rather than idealistic yeah okay um and uh question two is mostly for me i guess it says uh, how do you guys come up with season ideas you can see my thought process live and in action during an episode of heroes of the hiding way specifically the one where i uh, come up with the idea for matu to become a jedi um and it goes like this. I come up with a bunch of ideas and Matt can attest to this. There were several other versions of season three we were toying around with before mm-hmm. I settled on the one that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess on his end, I mean, I don't know. It, it constantly seems like I'm changing my mind, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, but that's you in general. You're. <laughs> I don't think indecisive is the right word. I think you get too excited about too many different ideas. Uh, yeah. And, and what I'm waiting for oftentimes is I, I chase all the ideas around until I have this reaction. Ha <laughs> it's stupid. And then that's the one I know is the best one <laughs> because it always is like when I go, that's stupid. It goes, but wait, is it like, if I could pull this off, this would be awesome. Um, and so that's, that's basically what I do is I just chase around different ideas until I go, ha <laughs> it's stupid. Because that's what happened on, you, I, I had them record it on Heroes because I knew it would be interesting for people. And I said, okay, everyone start recording. I'm going to tell you my stupid idea. And then everyone's like, no, that's a cool idea. Like, let's do it. And I mean, it ended up being a good, a good decision. So, I mean, the whole, the whole concept was fulfilling your t- childhood dream of having a Mandalorian Jedi. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't even think it was my childhood dream. It's everyone's. It's like the, yeah, it's everyone's <laughs> bad fan fiction idea. So oh, yeah. Ooh, Mandalorian Jedi. So that's how I come up with season ideas. Um, <clears throat> next questions come from Tony, the official Silhouette Zero science expert. <laughs> uh, first question of all the unexpected. What was the most unexpected thing Matt slash click did? Um, I think it's when in season two, they're going to rescue the Bothan holodrama actress and he crashes his ship into stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, at that point in the season, there is a very defined pattern of click crashing ships into people. And it kept working. <laughs> yeah, but it was, this was like a different level. It's like, this is a starship on a balcony 
trying to hit <laughs> stormtroopers. This should not work. But of course it did. <laughs> so I just love the visual of like this ship cleanly, like sideswiping across, hitting nothing else, just hitting stormtroopers. Stormtroopers just kind of like casually being brushed off like ants on your finger going, oh, well, ah. it's, it's more funny if you think of it like a landing procedure, like things like, the you know, like a Tidarian shuttle landing. You know how it like kind of rotates as it lands. Right. And it's, it, I like just thinking of it like the ship's landing and it's turning and it's just like smacks all of the stormtroopers off. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's it for me. Do you have one? When did I surprise myself? Yeah. Do you surprise yourself or not really? No, because I don't have expectations of myself. Yeah. Uh, I just roll in the moment. Uh, question two, we wait, can't. Because you, oh, you have to play your character. And Click doesn't plan. He acts off cuff. The only times I've ever planned, you can tell, because I'll ask Chris a question first. Mm. I'll go like, so do I still have all of my items from before? Right. You're like, yeah. Okay, cool. Or like, is that cybernetic? You're like, yes. <laughs> or do propulsions, like, is there a time when propulsors aren't propulsors? <laughs> Schrodinger's repulsor, which Tony said should have been, um, it only operates when being observed. <laughs> uh, uh, so question two is, if you're headed to a new story, where do you see the crew five, ten years out? We can't answer that question right now. Um, I'm under an NDA. Yeah. <laughs> Question three. Favorite NPC to play or interact with? Uh, go. You go first. Um, surprisingly, by the end, I really grew on the story that not story arc, but the character arc of Rush Rinatar. Yeah, that surprised <laughs> me, too. Because, <laughs> like, by the end, like, he kind of redeemed himself. He still had his, you know, foibles and all that, but... You know, just from the beginning to end, it was just kind of neat to see, like, all all the changes in, like, the interactions between the two. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of surprising, especially since I just made up his name on the spot. Right. <laughs> Rush Rinatar. Um, yeah, he, he grew. I liked him. Um, favorite ones to play? Gosh. Crud <laughs> um, I don't want to step on question four, so I'm not going to use that answer, but... um. The the drawl are fun in a challenging sort of way because there's so many accents mm. um, and so many personalities. And it's the only time I come off from doing editing impressed with myself. <laughs> like, wow, I, that was pretty good. I'm glad you are. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite one is one that stands out in my mind all the time because I don't know what I was thinking or why I did this, but... You're on uh, Narshada and you just randomly approach somebody. Uh, I think it was an Aqualish. And you're, you're talking to him, trying to get information. And he's like, it turns out he's afraid of space. <laughs> like he doesn't want to go anywhere. He has, there's no possible way he's ever going to be useful. And I don't know if that was from a role or I was just in a mood. But Clint just goes, all right, forget you. <laughs> Um, though, also, I did like um, it, like in terms of like a one-off. Uh-huh. Um, Jingo's relatives were fun. Oh, Sambo and the little the baby. Yeah, they were they were parents. they were fun. They were interesting. I forgot about them. They were, they were pretty cool too. Question: What race of alien do you think the NPCs end up being the most? Rodian. You think so? Um, it's either Rodian or Thorian. Yeah, I was leaning towards more Thorian. I you felt know, like that you, was that was more more of a common one, like because I think after a while you started feeling like the Rodian NPC was turning to a bit of a trope. So I think you were consciously avoiding them for a while. Well, here's here's the reason I pick a lot of Thorians is they're not aggressive, mm. and I also have their vocal preset, <laughs> so I know I don't have to like make a new one. And the Thorians aren't going to pick a fight, so they're they tend to be like bartenders or random people. So. Especially when you um, when click or somebody is in an antagonistic mode, and I don't want them to get into a fight. It's just oh, it's an authority because <laughs> <laughs> the authority is just going to roll over and take it. Uh, question four from Tony: Does anyone in the universe miss Crud Evaporator? I do. I like Crud Evaporator. I think Click miss him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I deeply, secretly wanted a Crud Evaporator Redemption arc, and we never got it, but that's what I had hoped for. Well, that's because he just wasn't becoming redeemable. He, he was, was just on, on his the... low point at Yavin 4, and <laughs> Click just kicked him while he was down. <laughs> yeah, because it's Click. <laughs> I know, but that was sort of... And I wasn't like, ooh, I, like, like I wrote a whole side plot about it or anything, but I was just... Right. That was my secret hope. I'm just telling Crud you, Crud Vaporator does not fulfill the kick the dog trope, okay? No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he deserves everything he gets, but yeah. I like Crud Vaporator. Mostly because that's just a stupid name, but I love it anyway. <laughs> and none of this would have happened if it wasn't for him. Um. Okay, last question. You said ask anything. So what are the solutions to the equation 2x squared minus 5x plus 8 equals negative 4? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Slow down. Say that again. I will, I will put it in the chat. Okay, thanks. I don't remember how to solve these, so I didn't try. Let's see. Wolfram alpha. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. That. That. If that doesn't feel right. I got four and a half. Wait, no, two and a half. That doesn't feel right. No, that doesn't feel right. Because the answer has to be negative. No, it doesn't. Well, else is it going to equal negative four? Because that means 2x squared minus 5x has to equal negative 12. What, kind of, what is that equation called? Algebra? <laughs> I know, but that's like a factoring. That's it. Factoring trinomials. Khan Academy. That's mostly a joke for Tony, who's probably laughing his head off right now. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? We're going to get back to you on that one, Tony. Or you can just tell us the answer. Look, we have our degrees already, okay? Why are you torturing us like this? Wait, hold on. Let me double check your chat here. 2x squared minus 5x plus 8 equals negative 4? Yeah. No solution. No solution, Tony. No, No real solution. Wow. Because according that? to this thing I'm looking at, so you move the, oh, that's right. You move the negative four over. So it's two X squared minus five X plus 12 equals zero. Then use the quadratic formula. So X equals negative B plus or minus square root of B squared minus four AC over two uh, A. Two A. And then so A equals two, B equals negative five, C equals 12. Uh, so X equals five plus or minus the square root of negative 71 divided by four. And the square root of negative 71 is, is an imaginary number. It's an imaginary number, because, yeah, okay. Ha! Thought you could get us, but you couldn't. Um, I, mean, I think he For reference, still. Tony is a, is a science teacher, which is why he tortures us, so. Also, I will point out that it has been 15 years since I've done math class. All right. Most of my math was, uh, I mean, I went through calculus. But then I didn't use it. <laughs> uh, I use geometry still, and occasionally algebra. Uh, a couple of questions from Joe. Joe asks, uh, what subject in school do you teach? I assume he means me and not you. Um, I, teach, I, I teach at the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Life uh, University. I, oh boy. <laughs> I I have I am double credentialed in English and social studies, so I have taught um, high school English, theater, world history, government, and economics. But actually, I'm not teaching next year. Um, I got a new job as an assistant principal, so I will be doing that instead next year. And it says, "What does Sil Zero Matt do when not fighting the Empire's Click?" Um, I work a lot. I'm I'm currently averaging about twelve hour days. Um, do you do you want to say what you do, or do you want to keep that mysterious? Well, I you know I have a, an answer that I like to give, or that I, I always used to give when people couldn't understand what my job was. Um, and I still enjoy giving this answer when the opportunity comes up. Um, the short answer is hotels. Um, the long answer is hotels. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> you know who would have appreciated that answer is Leslie, who is the next person who asked us a question. Um, who would the crew want to meet from the original trilogy? Um, so in the 
special, the Hoth, Battle of Hoth special, Tazi and Chewbacca had a nice moment, so I think they would probably get along. I don't think Jingo wants to talk to anybody. Yeah. So I think he would have thought they were all annoying. Um, Reyna probably would have some interesting conversations with Princess Leia. Yeah. Click. <sighs> really good question. Like actually, like in like enjoy spending time with. Uh, it says want to meet. Want to meet. I mean, it feels like the right answer, and it sounds like the expected answer. But I'm going to go with Han Solo because you know the whole Kessel Run thing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and you know he's a fairly good pilot, technically speaking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he'd probably want to meet him just to see what the first off, what is a parsec. Um, I've been hearing a lot of different things about that, and I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> I have a feeling it's a type of vegetable. Oh, boy. Um, second question Leslie has is, what handmade crafts would they like to do in their spare time? Tazi's entire existence is handmade crafts, so I think that says that. Uh, Jinko, I don't think, does uh, crafts. I think he does that dexterity exercise with the coin mm-hmm. where he tumbles it back and forth. Um, and then I think uh, Raina knits. No, I think she crochets. Kobe does needlepoint so he can stab something thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I think Kobe probably does origami. That feels right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Click, I don't think, is really patient enough to do any serious arts and crafts. Um, the closest thing that I could probably think of, and it's not really an art or craft, really, um, but you know those things that you used to be able to buy and you put it like in water and it'd grow into like a slightly larger dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, yeah, probably that. <laughs> Guys, look what I made. Uh, you didn't do anything. You put it in a cup of water. Yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> uh, next question comes from my friend Matt, um, whom I've known for like 20 years. Um <clears throat> And he says, I know you've always wanted to do a comic. Why not do a Sil Zero adaptation? I think with a little tweaking, Clicks Adventures would make a very good comic slash web comic. You are correct. I have thought of that. But um, because we tied our wagon to Star Wars, it gets kind of sketchy in terms of how much effort I'm willing to put into something that might get taken down on a C&D. I have, so, a, I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, without my intervention, that you could right-click? Um, hmm, I don't know. Right? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I mean, it does say adaptation, so it would probably just be a matter of editing the stories we've already done. Mm, yeah, okay, that's fair. I was but just yeah, curious. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I me really neither. Know. I've, I've never tried. You should try it huh. sometime. I'll, I'll think about that, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, to talk about that on a bigger scale, part of the reason we don't push as hard to grow and monetize is because, I mean, ultimately you get too big, then we're going to get in trouble. Um, so we've put ourselves in an interesting conundrum. Um, and we talked about this like forever ago too, you and me. Yeah, we did. Uh, but we did Star Wars because we like it. Will we do Star Wars after season three? I don't know. And this is part of the reason is I, I do kind of want to free up the possibility of doing other creative endeavors and expansions. Um, but we're still we're not there yet. We're still thinking about that. Um, what was I going to say about that, too? I feel like I was going to say something else about that. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. It wasn't that important, I guess. So, yeah, um, I, I would totally do it, but. Um, Star Wars makes me gun shy so there you have it uh, a couple of questions from Kai do you have plans for other podcasts after Sil Zero is over yes uh, do you think season 3 will exist also yes we will talk about that at the end of the episode Nathan asks are you going to eat that sandwich if not can I have it uh, yes and no <laughs> uh, Flannel asks uh, what's each of your favorite moments so far I don't know you gotta pick one. There's so many really good ones. Well, I'll go then. Um, for like tense dramatic stuff, 
Um, I still really like the the water pod race scenes mm-hmm. on uh, Bak- Bakura. Yeah, on Bakura, uh-huh. those were cool. Um, the deaths of uh, Wink and the Gand Vokar. Vokar, that's right. Uh, those are really cool. Uh, but I do still really like the times where like ace Imperial pilots have challenged click to a duel and it's like an honor- honorable thing. <laughs> and then it's like a yes. two second scene. <laughs> yeah. It's the Hans Brenner brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and somebody actually, I don't, did we call it out on the episode? I don't remember, but somebody caught that it was a three amigos reference. Oh really? Yeah. No, cause we didn't, we didn't mention it. Okay, we didn't call it out. Yeah, because no. it's basically the it's basically the Ned Nederlander duel from Three Amigos, and somebody tweeted uh, like a couple months after we aired it because they were a new listener. They're like, "You did Three Amigos." <laughs> you were right. That's what that was. <laughs> Down to the fact that they were German. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll pick that moment too. Um, what plans do you have for the further the series? Uh, whatever. Um, how well has the podcast gone compared to your initial expectations? Better. Uh, yeah, Matt didn't think anyone was going to listen. I, I still don't think he thinks anyone does listen. Look, we've got 14 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's up. You used, to think, you used to say five. Yeah, there's 14 so we're, now. We're up. We're up Look how many people have written in questions, okay? Yeah, I mean, it is very different um, from the beginning. I remember when we first got like the first 100, and I was so excited. I was like, wow, 100 people. I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Um, and then the other day when I was uploading after a month break, it was like only a thousand and only twelve hundred downloads last week. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, oh, it's down. <laughs> I didn't know we were that high. Yeah, we're we're averaging the two the twenty five hundred per week range right now. Weird. Yeah, we're doing we're doing good. Yeah, that's really good, really good. actually. Uh Nick asks me, am I still facing southeast? Are you? Uh no. The year's but, not you know, over. I know. But the thing is that, like, honestly, after we recorded that, my year got really bad for, like, three months. And I was like, wow, maybe there's something to this. Um, and I, I stole one of my kids' jade necklaces. I was like, I okay, don't know, man. Okay, hold on. Is- Which one? Oh, the dragon, of course. Okay, okay. I mean, the dragon's the most powerful one of the of the batch, so I gotta go with the dragon. Um but then my year's gotten a lot better now, so I'm not really... I mean, I guess my desks... My, all, everywhere I still work still happens to be facing Southeast, so I guess I'm, I am, but not intentionally. Uh, Paul from the uh, Singularity podcast uh, asks, uh, what is Kobe's morality score? <sighs> so what affects morality? Um, so in, in Vanilla Force and Destiny... Uh-huh. You have a positive and a negative emotional strength and weakness. Right. And the GM tracks every time you follow through or go against either of those things. Okay, question. And then you roll a a D10 to determine whether your morality goes up or down. So question. Um, When we were talking about this the other week, what did I say his was? Oh, I don't remember. It's It's on the text log. Oh, my phone's off. Oh boy, hold on. I didn't turn my phone off for this one. Uh, let me look. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was the right one. I remember reading it going, oh yeah, that's correct. Uh, independence and coldness. Yep, that is that is true. I actually don't think his morality is too low then. I, I mean, he yeah. can be cold, but... He wasn't like, you know, just cold to everyone. Right. Just to, I don't know. Because he, you know, this whole thing where he seems to have been everywhere before and had a hundred different <laughs> jobs um, is really fascinating to me. It's the most interesting part of his character, even more interesting than his mysterious bounty. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, he used to work here. And we're like, hey, it's Kobe. And they just like, they're not mad. They're not surprised. It's like, oh yeah, he leaves. He comes back. It's just what he does. Like a stray cat. Yeah, a robotic <laughs> cat who's good at lots of stuff. So I think his morality score is actually pretty high. Um, next question is, if Jinko had a pet, what would it be? Yeah, like he would ever take care of something else. I could see him with a bonsai tree, though. Maybe. If he ever had a pet, it would have to be something that somebody gave him. 
Mm. He would not seek it out. Yeah. But like if Tazi gave him one, he'd like reluctantly take care of it. Yeah. Like some kind of cat probably. <laughs> and he would hate that cat. They would fight all the time, but they would secretly love each other. It's kind of like in Discworld how the head witch, quote unquote, Granny Weatherwax kind of gets ends up with a pet cat. She just calls it you. <laughs> and that's how everyone refers to the cat's name is you Boz asks um, you gave a shout out to my new silhouette zero alien last November she came into the world last Thursday morning my question is can an adorable sil zero poop and fart monster make an appearance in season three um no I, I don't know why no uh, this doesn't vibe I'm glad you made him though uh, let's skip those, that question for now. Next comes from Hosea, who is um, <clears throat> the most well-versed Zero fan in the world. Um, <laughs> he is my friend Matt's son. And uh, he, when I talk to him, I get nervous because he knows the show better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about certain facts. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember doing that. Um, so he, has, he asked a question, which is, will Click be in season three? Yes, he will. Yep. Um, if not, please have Kobe be in the next season. He will also be there. Mm-hmm. Here's another. But here's another question. Can you do a bonus episode where everyone is a porg? What do the porg sound like again? <laughs> you know the puffins. <laughs> I kind of like this idea. I'm gonna put this. This might be the like the uh, the oh, Thanksgiving God. or Christmas special. Oh God. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm okay. Well, you have to give me like a month in advance so I can just watch porgs for a while. We're not promising anything, Hosea, but we're going to keep it in mind. <laughs> um, this one's from Nathan. I think of all the various RPG podcasts that I listen to. Oh, this was this was from an email that was specifically written to you. Ooh, okay. Uh, I didn't send it to you because I was saving it for the show. I think of all the various RPG podcasts that I listen to. You're the player with the most talent for improvisation. Funny, striking, yes, but also in tune with the narrative. Did you write this to yourself? I mean, it sounds like something I would have written. Um, I especially enjoy your Percival Q. Stalwart. Hmm. <laughs> Suspicious. Now, did it say that... What else did it say? Did it say, like, I'm great? Uh, yes. Specifically? I think so. I don't remember. I didn't copy that part. Then it's possible I wrote it. <laughs> Well, anyway, here's here's the question. It's um, do you play any other games or systems? Um, no, I play with my brother. We dabble in different systems. Um, we've done Blaze in the Dark. We've done Ryutama. L five R. L five R. Thirteenth Age. Thirteenth Age, which I really Numen- enjoyed. Numenera. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, feng shui feng shui 2 which you guys will hear soon um tiny dungeons and tiny frontiers <laughs> tony dungeons <laughs> tony dungeons uh we've done a little uh genesis mm, mm-hmm. not out, outside of percival uh we we did a test run of the net runner uh cyberpunk stuff uh, i i love i do actually love um cyberpunk stuff um, if you go to Patreon, you can hear us play D and D Fifth Edition with Leslie GMing us. Mm, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and then are you on other on other podcasts? No, I'm not. Uh, mostly because I don't have the not desire is not the right word. I just don't have the energy for it. <laughs> That's probably true because it takes a lot of time to do, you know, and. Look, here's the long and short of it. And here's where I tell everyone whenever they ask me various questions about stuff. I avoid as much personal responsibility in my personal life as much as possible. If people are like, oh, why don't you get a pet? No, that's a responsibility. I don't want it. Why don't you do this? And it sounds like responsibility. In my personal life, when I'm off the clock, I avoid as much responsibility as humanly possible. <laughs> and things like commitments, like to do podcasts and you know <laughs> yeah you have to show up people are depending on you yeah and i i have i have enough people depending on me already yeah. there's too many I'm and what start... works about this show but in both our directions is that if we just don't feel like it or we're tired or something comes up we just shrug and go all right we'll just do it next time yeah 
um, which is a definite bonus too. When there's only two of us, it's not like, Oh, we got all the people together. Yeah. Um, it's just us <laughs> working on heroes felt like that. Sometimes it was like, Oh, you know, I can't really call in sick because everyone else is already there. And you know, and I feel like I all, most tables down. feel like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Letting yeah. down the team, man. But yeah, so long story short, um, we've done a bunch of different systems. I have only played with my brother. Um, oh, also, uh, in terms of, 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 of Genesis, you forgot to mention, we, you and I were both players in a Genesis system. Oh, that's right. We, we are on uh, guest episodes for Heroes of the Hiding Away. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That was the only other time he was on another podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of other podcasts, maybe one or two, not regular, but I don't know. Even then, just starting that sentence, started feeling bad about it. <laughs> started having doubts. <laughs> um, okay, next question comes from Jean Vier, because he's, he writes, hey guys, my name is Jean Vier, like the month in French. Nice. That's, a, that's actually an awesome name. Uh, just wanted to say I love the podcast. I'm a huge fan. I want to ask for people new to fantasy flight games or tabletop RP in general. What advice can you share for GMs and players? Um, Don't stress the rules. Don't well, stress about I, I, the rules. I think that's how I play. <laughs> that's not how everyone plays, and that's okay. I, I think it's really like just do what's fun. Um, yeah. If following all those rules is fun for you, then follow all the rules. Um, and same, the exact same advice goes to being a player. Um, do it feels fun uh, because I didn't really like click feels good, but he would lose in so many other ways. Like, I mean, like I said, like I will never, I will never rank up his charm in spite of the fact that he tries to use it all the time, you know, but yeah, I am a very skilled min-maxer. Um, if you listen to the first season of Heroes of the Hiding Way, I did the bulk majority of Chris's levels um, in his expenditures and told him where to go with it. And he was basically a force of destruction. <laughs> yeah. So long as I could get in range. Which you could die. by the end. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I could hop around like a madman. Um, yeah, I think it's just, well, you have to follow your fun, um, and find the group of people that are going to have the same type of fun. And I think a, a lot of times people, and I have seen this discussion online a couple of times where like, is critical role good or bad for tabletop RPs or, or, or podcasts and YouTube series in general, good or bad? Because does that put this expectation that you have to play like them? in order mm. to enjoy it um and you know some people won't try because they're not trained actors <laughs> right no that's um, a good point yeah you know and i think it's like you know no i, I look i've i played at the school i'm about to leave for five years i did a lunchtime tabletop group with high schoolers and um i did it with the intent of like i'm gonna show you guys how to tell stories <laughs> um and then that fell away within like the second session because that's not necessarily what they were after they just want to have a good time you know they name their characters like tyler blevins <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know they just they do silly things and you know what they have a good time and i have a good time and so who cares if the story makes no sense or if um you know people are making dumb references to stuff I think when you see people argue about that stuff online, it's just you're not in the right group with each other. Like one or some of you need to split off and do something else. You've got to be unified on what your intent is. Um, everything we do here on Silhouette Zero is story first, game second, sometimes mm -hmm. game third. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why I muck around with the rules all the time. And that may drive some rule people crazy because they're like, no, the rules are there for blah, blah, blah. And I just don't care. Um, and I've gotten to be less and less. I don't care as time has gone on, especially with space combat. Okay. I'm sorry if you liked how space combat works, but it doesn't make sense in a system where it's like you have range bands. How can you have a forward and a rear shield? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So 
And, you know, I, I tend to take a lot of things from different role-playing systems that are, you know, on the quote-unquote story gaming side. Uh, I like a lot of concepts from Powered by the Apocalypse or um, kind of that indie game scene where it's more about, like, player's role and, like, skill challenges and use sort of more esoteric ways of measuring things. We still use the wound threshold and the strain threshold system just because it's there and we're kind of used to it by now. Mm -hmm. um, and I have, like, most of the weapon damage memorized and things like that. But um, if we went do something else i don't know if i'd put that much effort into learning the rules that hard again i don't know i mean most of the rules aren't that hard to be honest yeah uh in terms of gming i will give you my one gm trick i know it's it's a fairly common one um i've heard the guys from uh the greetings adventurers formerly drunks and dragons podcast talk about this trick where uh you would say something like, oh, you enter a room and there's a chest and the chest is locked. And all the players go, oh, I bet the key's in the chest. And you had no idea what was in the chest, so you just put the key in there. And you're like, yeah, you guys got it. You guys are so smart. <laughs> because it makes them do all the work of what they think is logical. And they right. get to feel smart because they figured it out. And you know what was going on anyway. So it like solves all the problems. So that's, there you go. that's like That's the exact same thing that you do when... Uh, to solve the eternal battle of where do you want to go out to eat? I don't know. You don't ask where they want to go out to eat. You say, I bet you can't guess where, or you say like, you know, like, I bet you can't guess where we're going out to eat. Oh, that's a good one. And then they tell you what they think or what they're feeling. And then you go, how'd you know? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I should try that. I've not tried that one. <laughs> with my wife i used to do a, a checklist procedure so it'd be like what do you want to eat i don't know okay burger pizza sandwich or taco and then she'd like we'd, we'd narrow it down like like a decision tree <laughs> plant animal or mineral <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're hitting the end here i've saved this question for last because it'll segue nicely into our season three announcements it comes from Adam, who is uh, a member of the Force Majeure podcast. And it goes like this. How do you two see Click's story ending? Do you share the same idea for the end? Will you be doing another show after Click's arc ends? And for season three, are you looking at more Force and Destiny angle? And if so, how will Click cope when it's Tazi who manifests the Force? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, here, here it is. Season three is Click's final story arc. I th technically speaking, and you can edit this out if you want, but technically speaking, I believe that entire question can be answered by just saying yes. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. Um, Matt knows a little bit about what the setup is, um, but as per our usual routine, not very much. Mm -hmm. um, it is going to be Force and Destiny-ish. Although I have heavily, heavily modified the force system, um, both in story and in mechanics. So um, I'm getting ready for those angry emails. <laughs> okay, let me ask though. Have you ever gotten an angry email? No. I feel like most people that get angry just stop listening. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the whole point of being on the internet is that people are supposed to get angry with you. That it probably just means we haven't had a wide enough reach yet, but I don't know. I mean, I, I assume if people are listening this long that they don't mind that I've mucked around with the rules because I've done it a lot already. So why not some more? Um, but I really like what I've come up with as the motivation and the setup and what propels the story forward. And there's some interesting things that if you are a longtime fan, you will enjoy uh, if, uh, it could possibly be a good jumping on point for a new listener. Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, uh, get pumped. Uh, what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks and months is, uh, we have some filler episodes. And as I talked about at the top, uh, they're going to be very lightly edited so that I can use the time to actually edit the real episodes. <laughs> um, and not, you know, just give myself more work trying to do fancy interludes. Uh, so we did uh, a ro round of Feng Shui 2. Mm -hmm. 
um, set in 1995. I think it, we we settled on. I don't know. Um, but I, I I made a character by the name of um, Chance Pickens. So I'm going to give you guys some time to think about where I was going with that. Um, hopefully it won't take you that long to figure out where I was going with that angle. Um, but I was super proud of myself when I came up with it and it made Chris just groan forever. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we may or may not do some guest episodes. Um, I haven't really worked out the logistics of that, but if you're interested in doing a guest episode, you can record at 8 PM Pacific time and you have your own gear. Uh, email or tweet at me uh i've got a list of like five people who are kind of interested so we might do some of that but i am intending to do what i tweeted about which is kind of produce the whole season and then release it as a season Mm -hmm. um my intention is to release my intention is for us to record as often as possible hopefully all the way through september and then, because um, usually when October, November, December hits between, we have a lot of family birthdays and then there's a lot of holidays and we just tend to not, and we get sick almost every year around that time. Yeah, everyone does. And, yeah, nobody really wants to hear us cough. So my intention is that it'll probably begin early September this season or maybe mid-August and then run through. December, January, we tend to find time to pick up recording like right after your birthday. So February ish. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll we'll record another batch, probably do some more interludes and then release the second season. Uh, or either either I'm going to call it season three, part two or or season four. I haven't decided yet, but basically oh. we're going to try to be more organized with the releases so that when we do go on breaks, you will know they are coming um i will know they are coming <laughs> and uh we can be a little more uh transparent with that release schedule hey you should check the sil zero email like right now yeah like right this minute yeah okay hold on we're getting a, a live breaking development hey, oh okay um we got one final last minute question from a listener named matt ing it says you suck how come you suck so bad <laughs> Wow, our first hate mail. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, anyway, thank you for everything. Um, thank you for listening to us. There is actually some other stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, I did tweet about it. We're, we're going to kind of rebrand things a tiny, tiny bit, so you'll you'll hear that coming up. You won't have to worry about, I don't know what's going on. You keep seeing me. I don't know, guys. Okay, I'm doing it because you don't do any work, so I'm doing it. Whoa! Um, I'm not not doing any work. I'm just not helping. Okay. <laughs> Those are two completely different things. I'm still working. So we have, we'll have some announcements trickling out along um, with the interlude episodes, but until then you can still go to still zero podcast.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at still zero. Chris. I'm at still zero Matt. That's S I L Z E R O M A T T. Um, please, you know, e- email us at soulzeropodcast at gmail.com. Send us messages, love, hate, suggestions, whatever you got. Um, Patreon, I think, is going to be restructured a little bit, but you can still check it out right now. It's patreon.com slash soulzero. Um, thank you for a- sticking out, you guys. Like, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, patrons, I- I'm going to send you an audio message within the next few days because uh, I got to talk to you guys about some stuff. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think that's it. Is that everything we do? Mm-hmm. I don't work, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Until next time, may the force be with you. End of episode. <laughs>